Hey folks, greetings from the Offensive Security Group here at Secure IT 360, coming at you with a new episode of the Cyber Threat Perspective. You've got uh, Mr. Darius here and myself, Brad. Today, we're going to be talking about something that, um, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting topic and I'm, I'm curious to get your take on it, but should pen testers have the ability to code, right? And I, and I think there are some kind of broad um, implications associated with that, but we'll dive into it. Uh, quick admin, if you guys like the show, um, you know, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. We really appreciate that, and it helps us out. Um, so should, should we have to code? Should we have to have that skill set? So, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I would say in the past – the answer leaned more toward, I feel like in the past, the answer leaned more towards, not necessarily, because, you, you know, there are other different types of pen testing that necessarily didn't, you didn't require the need to know how to develop and code, but kind of as technology has changed, I think it's become more relevant and prevalent than ever to where you kind of have to. I think that's kind of the space um, where we're at now. I completely agree with that. And so, you know, I think there was this kind of wave that there for a very short period of time, you could get away with being a, a mediocre pen tester without having coding skills. Now, you know, back when I first started, you know, this is talking like early 2000s, um, then you had to code. Like there was, there were, there just, the tools didn't exist to do the work. And so, you know, if you wanted to say, you know, launch a network level attack against something, um, you know, libraries existed, but tools themselves to actually fuzz like a, uh, I don't know, some kind of random TCP raw port or something did, it didn't exist. So you had to write it yourself. And then I think probably in the, in the like 2010s to, I don't know, 2018 or whatever, there was a time period where you had a tool for almost everything. Um, I don't think we're, we're still there though. Good. Okay. So I think it's kind of important to kind of think about the relationship between pen testing and, and coding. Um, I think that's I kind of to what you're kind of what you're getting at to where, um, I mean, I look at it where like, even now on an internal pen test, what happens when you have the tool, right? Like you, you have the PowerShell script that you're going to run and it's going to do the thing to, to get you the result that you want but then it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where, uh, you know, I've heard other people say before, of like, I think this is where you get the difference between, oh, I'm a pen tester and, oh, no, I'm a, I'm a great pen tester in terms of, I like, agree. okay, your tool didn't work. So what are you going to do next? I think a lot of times it's easy to say, oh, tool didn't work. That must mean, you know, it's not vulnerable. Or, oh, there's something wrong with the client environment and that's why the tool didn't work. But no, like being able to actually dive into and, and look at the script or look at the tool and be able to say, hmm, okay, wait a second, this failed because on line 89, you know, X, Y, Z, and to be able to modify it, you know, I think that's the, that can be the difference between um, actually, you know, compromising a host or getting the results you want. Completely agree with that, dude. And and there was, there was a test. I don't remember which one it was, but at one point there was a offensive security certification that required you to code like a buffer overflow exploit or required you to modify existing source code and then compile the app and run it, which I thought was really cool. Um, and, and so, so I have some specific examples, right? I'll, I'll go back to, to when I was more active in pen testing and that was um, go witness. 
if you guys have ever heard of that, it's a, it's a web screenshot tool. One of the challenges that I faced uh, kind of early on in my career was when you had a larger client on external pen testing and they had 250 websites. What, dude, that is a lot. And so, you know, pen testing, especially ex external pen testing is, is a time limited engagement. You do not have enough time if you're on a five day pen test to go manually look at every single one of those websites. And so, you know, I wanted a quick way to script out screenshotting those. So I was like, cool, I found Go Witness. There's a couple of other ones out there, but Go Witness didn't work because at the time, and I think they've improved it since, but at the time, um, if there were resolution issues or the server sent back the wrong response code, it would torpedo the process. So you would get to like website number 10 and it would give you a, a 500 series error message and, and Go Witness would stop. And so it would just die. And which really stinks when you're like, okay, I'm going to run this. You come back three hours later and it only ran for five minutes and now you're burning time. So, so I wrote a Python script that used Chrome's headless driver um, and had a ton of error handling. Like literally the script was like, it was only 250 lines, but 240 of those were error handling just so that I could avoid the, the thing bombing out. Um, and that saved my tail a number of different times. So, you know, again, good pen tester versus somebody who really, really wants to get the job done. Um, you know, being able to write in Python proficiently and quickly, by the way, not copy paste stack trace stuff. I mean, like actually be able to write from zero lines of code to a functional script is just life changing in the pen testing world, man. Agreed. Uh, I think also like kind of on another note, I think it's kind of interesting because you mentioned buffer overflows. Uh, I think as far as the knowledge of what pen test, like, you know, whether it's the language or techniques and things that pen testers need to know, I think it's kind of changed, you know, like realistically yeah. now um, you're not going to be writing a buffer overflow or no, you know, or you Uncommon. Know, see that in the wild. Now, I think that's also why I think the OSCP, they recently removed that from their exam because you're, you're not going to see it. But what I do think is kind of interesting is, you know, one of the huge things right now are um, EDR evasion and being able oh, to, yeah, dude. you know, deploy your C2s. And so I think now that's where you're starting to get into more, you know, you're having to learn languages like Rust or, or NIM or something along those lines just to bypass EDR. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a whole other reason that you need to really know how to develop in order to pen test. Dude. And so you just touched on something that like, boom, just blew my mind. Right. And, and it is that um, being coding, Scripting, let me just say it like this, scripting in Python is a useful skill, but there is a whole different level of proficiency when you can sit down and, and find a new language, learn it quickly and start writing, you know, bypasses and exploits and automation with that. That's, you know, so, so I guess I said that to kind of set the stage of, you know, I think we could go really deep with this and say, you know, yeah, you're down here if you're a pen tester and you don't have the ability to code or the ability to understand code, but then there's a spectrum with regards to how good you are at coding. And and I don't just mean, you know, a guy like me who's, you know, I learned on, you know, the internet how to code and, and I've never really written an enterprise application, but I have written a pile of applications that I needed, um, you know, that were need-based, quickly developed, blah, blah, blah. Then you look at a guy like you and you look at a guy like Spencer and you guys have developed fully functional tools and fully functional sites and applications. And I think that just elevates your skill level from a pen tester perspective. 
For sure. Um, I think it also helps, you know, in terms of dealing with clients as well as saying like, Hey, you know, let's help, let's, let's rewrite this uh, so that, you know, you're not introducing SQL injection into your application and things like that nature definitely helps. Um, I think also what's kind of interesting to me just on the coding front has been, um, I know Python has kind of been the, all right, learn Python because it's useful for everything. And I think what we're starting to also see is, you know, Python is great. I still recommend learning it. But uh, one of the things that I think we see a lot in terms of a lot of Python-based tools is the fact that uh, sometimes they can be slow. And they are slow. that's where, you know, you see, we've seen a lot of, you know, Go tools and applications being released that, you know, dramatically speed up uh, the process, which is another reason why I think it's important that pen testers um, learn how to code for that very reason itself. You know, like, what do you do when, like you said, you're under a time constraint, you got the script, your script is working, it just takes too long, you know, maybe it makes sense to rewrite it in Go or another language just to kind of improve efficiency. Totally agree, man. So the first real application I ever wrote was a network sniffer that used um, the Berkeley filters to identify headers in HTTP traffic. And I wrote it in a, in a pretty large environment where there was a, just a ton of traffic, man. We're talking like at the time, we're probably talking 100 meg, like fully utilized pipe. Um, and Python was too slow. So we ended up having to, having, to, having to introduce artificial threading in order to make up for the performance issues with Python. And at the time, I didn't have the skill set to pivot to something faster. Um, and we're talking like Python 2.4, man. So this has been it's been a minute. Um, but to your point, limiting yourself to something like Python is probably doing yourself a disservice. Not only because not a lot of stuff is written in Python anymore. It's an older language, e- even 3.x. Um, it's in most people are coming out with stuff that's in go or coming out with dockers that have all of the components. And by the way, we, as pen testers, hashtag know your tools have to understand how everything works and we have to go through those tools. So if you don't know how to read go, you're, you're, yeah, you're yeah. out of luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, we haven't even talked about the fact that like, you know, it kind of goes back to some other podcasts we've done of, oh, I want to, I want to do bug bounties. I want to be, you know, do web app pen tests. Um, well, we said it before, you have to know how to code, at least from a web development mm-hmm. perspective. And that's where it gets really kind of, I feel like that's where it can get really kind of funky because when we talk about, you know, web frameworks, they're a dime a dozen. There's a million of them. Sure. Um, you, you, you know, like it's, it can be, it can be a lot. Um, and so kind of with, with that in mind, I think it's kind of interesting is to ask you this question of where do you find that balance? So, so, cause you know, we're saying, Hey, you need to learn how to code. Um, and there are a lot of different languages. There are a lot of different reasons, whether it's for automation, whether it's for, you know, bug bounties, web development, you know, where, where do you strike that balance? Man, um, I, I would almost recommend being more of a developer, you know, if, if we had to break it out into, you know, um, IT skill set and developer skill set, because that's the only really way I know how to categorize skill sets, you know, without going into the, the security aspect of things, I would say like 60% or more development capability. And so I care actually less about your ability to configure a Cisco router than I do about your ability to uh, write and understand tooling. Because... 
I, I just feel like it's more valuable because by the way, anybody who's intelligent and has experience in our community can go grab a CCNA book off the shelf and be like, oh yeah, I'll just, it's, it's running commands, right? It's the same thing. Like, oh, can you go figure out how to run Inmap, dude? Yeah, sure. It's a series of switches. We can figure that out. But going and just arbitrarily figuring out how to write um, object-oriented code in C++, mm, you're not going to figure that out overnight. So I just think it's more valuable in our world to have coding experience and to have that mindset um, than maybe to have a background in you know, networking or systems administration, because those are skills you can learn to some degree, right? You still need experience, but like, I still think they're valuable. It's interesting because, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of times those guys who have that skill set, they're not pen testers. They're, uh, they're software developers, for, you know, yes. for, and for a reason. So, you know what, we, we had a conversation about this on a previous episode and it was basically like, generally speaking, human beings are builders or breakers one or the other. Um, and, and what makes, I think our team special and, and certain pen testers become better than others is that they're able to flip their brain in either direction. You know, like I can just flip it and I can be a builder and I can spend this week writing code. And then next week I flip over to breaker and, and now I'm breaking your code. And so, um, having that ability is uncommon in my experience and it's, it's tremendously valuable in, in our world. Agreed, so, sure. Um, all right. So the, the elephant in the room, Darius, what language should people be learning if not Python? Because, you know, I'm a Python guy, oh, but I, I recognize its limitations. I do. So, oh, yeah. so, so, but you have more experience in more languages than anybody on our team. So, so you have to set the standard of, of what language we should all be using. Okay. So I feel like my, no answer, pressure. Cha- my answer changes <laughs> Every single time I get asked this question. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of put it in a couple of different places. I think now my opinion is it really depends on what your goal is and what you're trying to achieve. Okay. I still say if you are a beginner, you don't know anything, I would still argue Python. It's easy to pick up It's and you can pretty much do a little bit of everything with it. You can do mm-hmm. web development with it. You can automate stuff like it. You, it's a good general purpose tool. I think eventually, though, once you get past and get more to the intermediate level, mm-hmm. I think that's where it really depends. I think from there, um, if you want to do anything bug bounty, web-related, JavaScript. And then like specifically, when you start to get to specific JavaScript frameworks, um, the, the pop, really popular ones that I see at the moment, React, Next.js, um, you could throw Angular JS in there. I see it. I see it know. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but I would I would say you know those are the, the the more common ones that I would go with as far as JavaScript frameworks. Before you even get into frameworks, at the bare minimum, you should be able to read just basic JavaScript and really be able to write basic JavaScript. There have been times where I've done web app pen tests before, and you know there's crazy what you can do by exploiting the trust in the client, you know? Oh yeah. And so being, being able to, to take a function and be able to read it and maybe modify an object can be the difference Huge. between es- escalating privileges on a web app. So I think that's more of an intermediate thing. Um, I think you have a whole other camp though, where we're talking about, you know, EDR evasion and, and things of that nature. And, you know, I think Spencer could speak a lot more to this, but, you know, I think that's where, 
Um, you may have, you know, you may want to focus on, I know Rust is a really good one right now. Mm-hmm. I know, I know NIM is, you know, it's still fairly new. It's still bypassing a lot of EDR tools. Um, and so that may be something you want to look at, but I think you have to, you know, before you even get there, you want to have that solid foundational coding knowledge. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, a, you know, just side topic as far as, um, people like, Oh, what can I do? Man, if you have rewrite a tool in a different language, that's one of the best ways to learn, you know, is yep. rewrite a tool. Um, so I think you have, as far as, you know, EDR evasion and things of that nature, I think those are the tools you might want to look at. Um, man, there's always the beast, you know, C++. Oof. <laughs> you, yeah, uh, I struggle with that one personally. Yeah, fill so, up your coffee pot uh, for that, dude. Yeah, but there's a lot. There's a lot you can do with it. And there is. You know, um, yeah. And then I guess finally, when it comes to automation, like I said earlier, and I think this is kind of what I've been focused on recently, I think Go. I really think as far as, you know, improving automation, um, I think rewriting things in Go is definitely the right choice in learning that. Um, and, you, you know, you'll basically kind of really increase how efficient you are with your tools. Completely agree with everything you just said. Um, and, and so to summarize, learn them all. And, yeah. and, and not, not literally like all at once, yeah. but, but as you need them, you know, maybe, maybe do start with Python to give you that foundational capability. Um, and, and then from there, it's like you said, it's going to depend on what you want to do. Right. If, yep. if I'm, if I'm writing web apps, man, I'm probably going to be writing them in C sharp, you know? And so, uh, I noticed you left off PHP, um, because it's a it's a trash language. Yeah, it's still out there. We still see web apps. We still see web apps like live in production, client facing, r- running PHP code. And I'm just I just shake my head when I see it. It makes me sad. Yeah, it's definitely older. And I mean, there's is it Laravel? I think you know that's a mm-hmm. I think a something that kind of kind of help with the security controls when you're using PHP. But Bruh, even uh, then, still, man, it's yeah. it's. You're you're rolling the dice, man. If you're running PHP apps in your environment, it yeah, can it be done well? Yes, absolutely. Uh, is is it easy to do well? No, no. Yeah, and I mean, I'm definitely of the opinion. You know, yeah, go with what's popular. I think you know. I think it's it's awesome that you know. Oh man, you know Cobalt, and you're you can do you know <laughs> database stuff. That's so cool. Yep. But you know, when it comes to pen testing. I, I've yet to come across a situation where I needed to know Cobalt. So I, I say, you know, if you don't know anything, do a little bit of research, go with what's popular. That Completely you know, is going to get you further ahead and more so than not. Yeah, I agree with that. So folks, in summary, yes, you need to know how to code if you want to be a pen tester. Um, now what language you pick is going to be super dependent on your role, right? Because, you know, again, pen testers used to be kind of a general uh, it, it was a career field. Now it's branched out, man. We have web app pen testers. We have specialists who specialize in mobile and internal. And, and so it's not this, you have to know everything all the time everywhere. Uh, but, but you do need to pick a language that's appropriate um, for you to, for, for your task, but also for your targets, right? You need to understand how those things work in addition to being able to write your own stuff. So, um, so yeah, anything to add before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think that summarized it beautifully. Perfect. All right, folks. So if you like this episode, um, you know, share that with your friends, the best way you can help us out. Uh, and we will see you next Wednesday.